Hello and welcome to the Daily Zen Podcast. My name is Charlie Ambler, the creator of Daily Zen. You can find Daily Zen at thedailyzen.org, twitter.com slash dailyzen, and you can support Daily Zen by making a monthly contribution on patreon.com slash dailyzen, which is how uh, I can afford to spend the amount of time that I spend doing this. And uh, I launched that about a month ago, and the response so far has been very positive. And as a result, I have been spending more time doing this, and uh, so I appreciate that a lot. This is the free episode of this week's podcast. The On the Patreon, there's also a, a premium episode each week, but this is the normal episode. So... I'm going to address one topic that someone suggested on Twitter that I thought was pertinent and important to discuss uh, and applicable to most people, I think. The topic is non-competitive attitude in a hyper-competitive field of work and, in a sense, um, something about bad behavior with other people and dishonesty and mind games and stuff like that. And this is an interesting thing to approach from the perspective of both a meditator and a self-employed person because I, when I was in college and right after, worked in various jobs and like kind of tested the water with a ton of different starter jobs and internships and stuff like that. And it seems like wherever there's a work environment, there are people who are jealous, there's people who are petty, there's people who create conflicts needlessly just so they can solve them to feel better about themselves. There's people who pretend to work hard or do work hard, but maybe doing work where they're just solving problems that they're making themselves, so it's not efficient work. There's people who just like to generally cause a fuss. Uh, And then, of course, there's people who do a fine job and people who keep to themselves. But talking about how to deal with difficult work environments as someone trying to approach things maybe a little bit differently from other people, um, it's important to sort of recognize the unity that we talk about in that I talk about a lot in my essays, but that most spiritual teachers talk about, which is sort of this conflict that fundamentally arises when you make a distinction between, you know, self and other. So there's you and there's the world, and there's this inevitable conflict between the two because, you know, shit happens. People act badly, and at the end of the day, you know, if you're working at an enterprise that's not some sort of mindless bureaucracy or um, ineffective corporation or whatever, there's a bottom line and you have to come forward with with valuable work. You know, it's not just like all work is paper pushing or something. There's the necessity to actually achieve something uh, for each individual who's involved in an enterprise. But, you know, the difference between what people spend their time doing while they're engaged in quote-unquote work and what is actually achieved is massive, often because people get bogged down in 
an employment atmosphere the same way they get bogged down in personal atmospheres and romantic situations and just in their own heads it's sort of all this all the same thing you know this idea that your experience of the world isn't you can't really detach it from the world itself and so you know what you're interpreting is what is to you at this moment at this point in time that doesn't mean it's the absolute truth in fact it means that it's probably illusory and can be kind of shifted and changed and overcome over time the point being not that you should put up with other people disrespecting you being dishonest playing games etc uh, that's a fundamental misconception i think of things like buddhist philosophy and eastern philosophy and stuff like that people think that it means that they should be sort of a almost a martyr like a doormat um and I think that comes from a misinterpretation of spiritual allegory as a result of maybe all of our Judeo-Christian conditioning and, you know, sort of this mindset we have towards self-sacrifice and this myth of the martyr that <clears throat> lives on in our culture, even if people aren't directly worshiping it. Um, because being in the world, you're going to inevitably be around things that that challenge you, people that challenge you, people that make you uncomfortable, people that make you want to, you know, rip your hair out, people that really frustrate you. And to pretend that there's something wrong with your perspective or that there's something that you can't really do about that, that you should just kind of hang back because it's the nice thing to do and I don't want to shake things up, I don't want to confront anybody, etc. Um, that's a very safe way of approaching the situations, but it's not necessarily the way of approaching that's going to bring you lasting resolution. So the important thing that we're starting to get at is like, you know, when you sit in meditation or you practice that or you contemplate things, you are sort of breaking down these fundamental distinctions between good and bad, right and wrong, happy and sad, self and other, object and subject, ideal and material, you know, all of this different stuff. It all sort of just breaks down because it's all conceptual, right? And so, you know, in, a, uh, in an environment where people are competing and people are being nasty and people are doing whatever, you feel yourself to be a part of that because you are there, you know, you are a part of it. But being a part of it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to participate in it. In fact, when other people are challenging you in the way that people often do in the workplace, where it's sort of just these, you know, silly power games played by people who are kind of either imitating people with power or pretending that they have real power, you know, I mean, most of most people who work in, who, who work aren't like super powerful. So they, people like to use the little bit of power that they get at work to take advantage of others and make themselves feel like they're hot stuff and all that. But so, um, I lost my train of thought. But if you um, basically can figure out a way to like participate in the situation but not be attached to it or not feel yourself to be, you know, one of the competitors or one of the people that's sort of stooping to this level of performance, 
you know, performance, literally performing a job instead of doing a job, which is where all those silly power plays come in. I think that's where you come out on an advantage. Um, the whole point being that what's happening is sort of all just noise. And then beneath the noise, there's this very real, very real tasks that you have to accomplish and things that require your attention, uh, often so much so that if you are to devote yourself to the, the noise, you'll neglect important things, which will put you at a disadvantage. So, you know, winning petty conflicts with people and, and playing the game isn't the right move. I mean, in the, in the data jing people, you know, excuse me, in the data jing, um, Lao Tzu says that the, you know, he says the world is won by those who let it go. But he also says, let me look up the actual passage. Um, something about power that was really good. The quote is mastering others is strength, mastering yourself is true power. But it's part of a larger verse that I want to find in full. Chapter 33, knowing others is intelligence, knowing yourself is true wisdom, mastering others is strength, mastering yourself is true power. If you realize that you have enough, you are truly rich. If you stay in the center and embrace death with your whole heart, you will endure forever. Abstract, obviously. But the point being that, you know, if you stay in the center when there's sort of all these stupid conflicts swirling around you and people trying to get your goat or people disrespecting you or whatever it is, and you remain unfazed by them, those people's efforts are deemed useless and shown for what they are. But if you engage and you play the game, you automatically become, you know, when you're watching an NBA game, you know that you're, that you're not winning or losing because you're not in the game. But if you, you know, somehow find your way onto the court and, and are playing the basketball game, you are now like, you have skin in the game. You know, you have to, really participate otherwise you could win or lose and you're more invested in it but you know in in petty conflicts there's no point in joining because if you win you're petty and if you lose you know that's just it's like why why bother at that point um so it's sort of this it's this complicated dynamic which is the same dynamic that we get with the self when we meditate where you're Overcoming this distinction that you have between your ego and yourself, yourself and the world and everything, and kind of just being and experiencing what is purely. And that applies to a professional situation when you're being tested and you're being coaxed into acting rashly or um, acting out of resentment or out of revenge or basically doing anything other than the work at hand, which is what you're there to do. Whenever you're coaxed to do that and you do it, you're giving into the thing that, that you're trying to avoid. And most people who do give into it give in because they haven't cultivated the sort of inner strength required to not play the game, to avoid the game. And I think there's a tendency among people who never had the opportunity to cultivate a sense of independent leadership 
and who maybe never never led people at any time or was never equally in a part of a team was always sort of playing the subordinate which a lot of us now are trained to do because you know people are obsessed with getting just getting employment uh, and so young people prepare themselves for that just by being employable which sort of puts them in this inherently subservient role but in doing that people never cultivate sort of a sense of confidence that allows them not to participate in these conflicts that actually harm them you know their own bottom line and the bottom line of wherever they work and also can just result in a general unpleasantness where they're bringing home their work with them and sort of using using work as a an outlet for these sort of fundamental anxieties and insecurities that that they have and people do that with everything i mean people use relationships as sort of like an alibi for all the things that they don't like about themselves that they're trying to avoid and so they become super either codependent or defensive and sort of are un unable to to bend or to be flexible to another's wishes people do the same thing in employment situations and professional situations when they are you know it's there's a difference between being confident and being proud being confident is sort of having the inner strength to to be patient and to listen and observe and wait either for a time to take action or for a time to avoid a situation that could blow up in your face and just wait for it to blow over uh, or maybe the, the right time to confront someone instead of the incorrect time all of that and so people when they don't have that confidence they give in and they they often do things that harm them in the long run and harm other people and so I think the key is to sort of divest yourself enough from the results of those little conflicts. Realize that they that they often only end in in bad thing. You know, no one kind of when when people fundamentally know that something is unnecessary or petty, they aren't going to respect the person who comes out on top, even if it's a someone who has a lot of power sort of the the real winners are always eventually recognized uh, and if they're not they are sort of resorted towards something that's more fitting for them so you know if you're in an environment where if you don't participate in petty conflicts you will be not allowed to participate in the environment at all it's probably not a place that you want to be you know sort of had a bunch of different rambling answers to the question, but I think the fundamental thing that I'm trying to get at is that if you are competitive with other people, you're stooping down to the mean of that group. And chances are, if you're someone who has self-respect and has drive and has determination, the mean of any group of people is going to be pretty low. Uh, because on the average, people are often not very bright, not very engaged in what they're doing. Even if you're at a an elite, even if you're in an elite place, and you see this in the way people behave and the the silly struggles that they cause themselves to have for no reason. And so, if you can take an attitude where you're competing with yourself instead of competing with other people, 
you can sort of develop the confidence and the discipline and the independence to be uh, a good leader and a good team player, but but not a sycophant and not a uh, rabble rouser, I guess you would say. Someone who unnecessarily stirs things up. Because sometimes it's a very necessary time to stir things up, but it's crucial that the time is right. Otherwise, it's completely meaningless and just causes trouble. And there's people like that everywhere who are just kind of always trying to make themselves heard, become a squeaky wheel in order to get attention, thinking that people will interpret that as a power move or something, but it doesn't work in people's favor most of the time. So the ultimate, I mean, the ultimate lesson is basically just slow and steady wins the race and to compete with yourself rather than to compete than to compete with others. Because at the end of the day, everyone is just competing with themselves. And, you know, if you hold yourself up to someone else's standards, you're reliant on their self-respect, their self-confidence, their discipline, everything else. But if you can just try to, you know, improve on your own strengths and acknowledge your own weaknesses and kind of know your place so that over time you can shift to towards maybe where you want to be, that's a much stronger and long-lasting approach to whether you're in a, a, a novice position or a position of great leadership. I think that's kind of the crucial thing. You know, if a, if a boss isn't humble enough because he is looking at himself in relation to other people and looking down on them, his employees aren't going to respect him. He is going to lose a certain degree of reliability and confidence that is crucial to effectively running any organization. And, you know, if a, if a low-level employee sees themselves as just trying to please whoever's above them and trying to win among the other subordinates, they're just going to kind of come out looking desperate and servile. And leaders are by definition not desperate nor servile. And so, you know, it's funny that people who want to lead often act desperate and uh, zealous and petty and selfish and mindlessly because those are qualities that don't define leadership by any means. So just sort of reorienting yourself towards this internal quest rather than external quest, I think is the, the key to a lot of problems. And I discuss it all the time in a million different contexts, but in a professional context, that's sort of what we're getting at that you want to be growing in a, in relation to yourself and, you know, doing activities that are coming from, from what you are truly useful for and what you're truly good at. And if you're not doing that, there's no point in participating because, you know, you're, it's like asking a golfer to play football or something. It's just, you know, to know your exact skills and to use them without comparing yourself to others or judging others or participating in those conflicts is sort of the highest goal, I think, of any any person in a career, really. And I think a lot of, most people who 
whenever I read an autobiography of an athlete or a CEO or, you know, anyone else in an envi- enviable position of power, they're never like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm so great. I competed with all these people and I fought with them and I, I really had all these petty squabbles with everybody over the years and, and that's why I came out on top. You know, it's always a, an internal battle of trying to find the mental resolve uh, and the physical resolve and sort of the determination and self-confidence and discipline to hold steady and let time work in your favor, basically. While, you know, while all your competitors are shooting themselves in the foot because they're probably not doing that and people slip up all the time and that benefits you when you are focused on what you're doing and how you can be better at what you're doing. So in an odd way, you know, there's a selflessness to being selfish in that respect because when you're focused on your own journey, you're not really going to needlessly cause trouble with other people just so you can fix those problems and feel like you've accomplished something. You're going to be honest and direct and diligent, which I think are like the three virtues of work, you know. So, yeah, I think that's good for that one. Uh, I'm going to record a premium episode later in the week that's more in-depth about a different topic. But this version of the podcast is sort of intended to just get you thinking and hopefully maybe change your perspective on a few things. And if nothing else, remind you to meditate every day and to try to detach yourself a little bit from all of the noise that we discuss. So, yeah. Hope you have a good rest of your week. Don't forget to suggest topics or just make general suggestions on Twitter, or you can email me um, through the site. And if you like what you hear and you want to support Daily Zen, um, patreon.com slash dailyzen is how you can do that. And that gives you premium access to special episodes of this podcast. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.